guilty soul condemned by shame hear mercy calling out your name his blood can cleanse your every stain bring your failures to the cross hello and welcome to the community bible church podcast where we are doing a chapter by chapter weekly discussion of the book Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. Uh, my name is Matt Owen. I am the lead pastor here at Community Bible Church of Orange Park, and I am joined by Joseph Brader, pastor of worship and discipleship here at CBC. Hi, Joseph, Matt. how are you today? Good. Glad to Ready hear to that. talk about chapter eight. We are uh, broadcasting to you from our studios. <laughs> Uh, in beautiful Orange Park, Florida, and uh, we're in uh, Pastor Joseph's office, and uh, describe uh, the view for us through your windows of your office. What are we seeing here in beautiful <laughs> Orange Park, Florida? Yeah, I don't, you know, uh, I don't know what we're seeing in beautiful Orange Park, Florida, because there's no windows. Huh. What do you think you have to do to earn a... <laughs> <laughs> an office with windows. I, you know, I'm not sure. I, it's been almost six years of trying. At, if, at this point, if I haven't done whatever I've got to do to earn it, I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I would say bring a sledgehammer one day. <laughs> Force, the, Force the issue. I, I'm not sure that's so much earning as just creating, but uh, it's not the worst idea that you've had. Yeah, no, I've had far worse ideas. Yeah, today, actually. Today. <laughs> I'm supposed to do the insulting in this podcast. You really, you motivated me last week by uh, giving <laughs> by me some nice. space. You, you were nice. nice and gave me some space and said, <laughs> I, I thought maybe you'd have something for me. So I just decided to take this opening. All right. Well, if any of you uh, all want to uh, pitch in and get Joseph a window for his office, it would give him a view <laughs> of the playground behind our church. <laughs> be something. <laughs> Well, we hope you all are doing well. Uh, we are on chapter eight of uh, the book this week, which is called To the Uttermost. And it is taken from Hebrews chapter seven. And just to uh, bring us up to speed very briefly on what's going on in Hebrews seven, and, and I do mean very briefly, but it's this is taken from, from Hebrews 7.25, which is of course that phrase, he always lives to make intercession for them is at the top of the page but it's it's talking about Jesus being an eternal uh, priest and verse 23 of Hebrews 7 talks about the former priests they were many in number uh, because they were prevented by death from continuing in office but he referring to Jesus holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever so uh, then that word consequently in verse 25 is, is drawn from that. Basically, when it says consequently, it's looking backwards at his priesthood, the fact that he has an eternal priesthood because he, he can't die. Um, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. So, can I just, you know, if you, Jump in. that was really an impressive, concise description of a really packed passage of scripture. And I'm just sitting here thinking, if we could do that on Sunday morning, I could sing like four more songs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're, you're not done yet. <laughs> not, not, not yet. <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, I'm going to go long on Sunday mornings. Please do. All I, the time. For the record, though, though, uh, though Pastor Matt often um, tells, tells you that I am uh, watching the clock and telling him to get out of there, <laughs> I tell him to preach as long as he wants. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's our folks in the nursery that are telling me to watch. They're the <laughs> ones who are telling you, hurry up and get us out of here. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about intercession. Um how would you define Christ's work of intercession? Yeah. Uh, in a nutshell, I think it's it's his representation of us, uh, like as an advocate before mm-hmm. the Father, pleading his own work mm-hmm. and his own righteousness. Yeah. Um, you know, we've just been singing a uh, a couple of more obscure verses of uh, Come Ye Sinners in this new uh, version, but these are original verses, and it says... Um, uh, where I'm losing it here. Uh, low incarnate God ascended, uh, speaking of Christ, and he pleads the merit of his blood, mm-hmm. right? Like he's mm-hmm. he's pleading before or for us, before the Father, on the merit of what he's already mm-hmm. done and who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that he Christ is a, a, an intermediary, a, a go-between between us and, and the Father. Um the question that we're, we probably ask, though, if we think about it, is is does Christ's work of intercession, if this is something that he's actively doing, and the Bible yeah. says, you know, seven Hebrews 7.25, we just read, he always lives yeah. mm-hmm. to make intercession. So it's this continuous... Continual? Continual? I think either one works. Okay. There's there's a difference between continuous and continual, and it has something to do with intervals, but I don't really know oh. the difference. So, All right. uh, you dear listener can decide on which uh, which term you'd like us to use there. But this continual or continuous work uh, of intercession that the Bible says that he's doing does that then imply that Christ's work is somehow unfinished? Because we mm-hmm. talk about the finished work of Christ. Yeah. Yet. He's doing this ongoing work of intercession. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we how do we put those things together? Sure. Yeah, I think it's a good question. It's a kind of a deep question. He he talks about it on page seventy nine, and he he's talking about it as intercession being like the application of what's already been done. Mm-hmm. The work is finished, but now uh, it's Jesus applying it to us and for us, and pleading its merit um, as the Father recognizes the finished work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's Christ's on, ongoing, oh, ongoing work on our behalf with the Father, not to a Father who is just wishing he could pour his wrath out on us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but his his ongoing intermediary work, where where his grace is applied to us. Um, and of course, you know our our hearts condemn us. The Bible talks about mm-hmm. our own hearts condemning us. Uh, Satan condemns us. Yeah. Um, and these things aren't at odds with one another. I mean, I think we see this in other places in the Bible too. So, like, uh, we went last year in we did a little series through Romans eight twenty eight mm-hmm. to um, thirty, which is you know the is referred to as the golden chain, and. Um, one of the things that we talked about in this series is the fact that that God's um, work on our behalf, like we're bound to God um, by this golden yep. chain that stretches back into eternity past, is woven around us in the present, and links us with the future that he's guaranteed for us. And 
after telling us that, um, the Bible goes on to say in Romans 8.31, what should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? There's that idea again yeah, that kind of, of accusation. Mm -hmm. And the, the implied answer is nobody because it's God who justifies. Mm -hmm. So there we've got the Bible talking about the, the concept of a work that is finished. Yeah. Justification is it, is it God's declarative act of, right, of our righteousness through what Christ has done. But then... It's interesting to me, it's, it puts that right together with verse 34. Who is to condemn, asking basically the same question again. Right. Well, Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that who was raised. And then it goes on to say, who is at the right hand of mm -hmm. God, who indeed is interceding for us. So the Bible is totally comfortable um, putting these two concepts together. Yeah. The finished work of Christ, and yet we have Jesus at the right hand of God right now interceding for us. Um, that is such an encouragement. Yeah, that's good. Wow. Which is why it goes on, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Mm -hmm. Well, nobody and nothing yeah. um, can drive a wedge be between us and, and, our, and, and God because Christ is there continually mm -hmm. making that way open. Um. So going back to Hebrews 7.25 then, um, it's talking about the fact that he always lives to make intercession for us. And, and then it, it begins by saying he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. Mm -hmm. Why is that such a comfort? Why would that be such a comfort for us? Man, because we've got a lot that we've got to be saved from. <laughs> You know, like mm -hmm. if he's only to, if he's only able to save partially or out to kind of this this much sin or condemnation, whatever, like we're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Even the the quote unquote best of us, um, I need a lot of saving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I, um, so I think it communicates like the the breadth and power and longevity mm -hmm. of his saving work. Yeah. Because um, not only did I need saving from a lot of stuff when I was converted, like I still do. Yeah. Um, and he continues to do that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the image that comes to my mind is, you know, when, uh, when you, when you've been charged with a crime, you have an attorney and there's a period of discovery. Yeah. <laughs> where, you know, your attorney <clears throat> takes the case and then they find out all of the charges against you. Mm -hmm. And they find out uh, how creative they're going to have to be in defense, <laughs> uh, how bad it looks, um, and all of that. And, and so you just think, you, you think of the fact that God moves towards us in mercy, and he doesn't have that period of discovery where, mm -hmm. wait, I'm, you're that bad? It was that bad, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. Which is what we do with everyone else. Oh, I mean, even the closest sure. people to us, you know, we hide those parts of ourselves. Or mm -hmm. you find out whenever you're in relation, the longer you're in relationship with a person. Right, the more it comes out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they find out who you really are. And, um, but, but God never goes through that period where he's finding out who we really are. Mm -hmm. 
he has known who we are all along. Yeah. Um, so the furthest reaches those 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 pieces of ourselves that are hidden the <clears throat> most. Yeah. He knows where those places are, and they're not out of reach. Yeah. Yeah. They're not out of reach of his grace. And so so that's where that saving to the uttermost um, is it's 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 all the way. Mm-hmm. But we don't live like that's the case, do we? I don't think so. Uh, I think honestly, I think we struggle. I think I struggle to be, to believe that sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like I still can very easily begin to see myself. Uh, as beyond saving mm-hmm. um, or he couldn't really reach there mm-hmm. or he couldn't have gone that far right or mm-hmm. if he or anyone else really knew that mm-hmm. um, so yeah no I, I I absolutely don't think that we live like this yeah. which is why this book I think is encouraging us again and again like this verse says to draw near yes yes you don't have to you don't have to hang back yeah uh, you don't have to it, it's it's silly but you know we've been hiding ourselves from the beginning yep um, God knows it all we don't have to hang back we don't have to make up for it mm-hmm. um, we don't have to fix it before <clears throat> right. we draw we had a certain amount of time so yeah. I can kind of say yeah but yeah it was it was that bad yeah. but now yeah yeah we like to talk about our struggles in the past. Oh That's, gosh, yeah, we do. Um, so, but but here he's saying that just draw near, mm-hmm. and the reason you can you can confidently draw near is because you have a savior who lives yeah. to do this. Like this yeah. is this is his desire to do. He wants to make intercession for you. Um, and you can be confident in the intercession that he makes because he's the kind of savior who gets the job completely done. Yes. To, to the uttermost job. Yes. Every time without exception. Yeah. Yep. Um, anything else that you want to pull from that chapter? Our, our time is, is quickly quickly being done here. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just this this kind of stuff is just so incredibly encouraging. Uh, then I'll, I'll close with this before I read the verse like I always do. Just want to let you know if there's... If, if there's something that has encouraged you from the book or if you've had a discussion with somebody that has been particularly helpful for you or if there's just been some, and I've gotten a few things like that. I've gotten feedback and I know you've gotten feedback mm-hmm. as well. But if, you, uh, if you'd like to share some of that feedback with us, we'd, we would love to hear yeah, the things that are sticking out to you about this book. So you can email any of us or pull us aside You know, at some point. We'd love to hear how God is using um, this book in your life. But I will uh, close for today by reading Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 again, which says, uh, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Find your comfort.